right. Deep Freak Podcast. We are back. I know you guys have been eagerly awaiting our next episode. So here it is. I'm joined today by Evan McMillan, intern here with us here at Collide Church. Evan, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Excited about this. We just kind of talked about this uh, yesterday? Pro- Two yeah, days ago. Yesterday. Very, uh, we're going to do this. Like So uh, trying to get back in the habit of doing these more often. Uh, so Evan was eager to, to jump on. So Evan, if you don't mind, just introduce yourself, give us a little bit of your background, maybe how you got to to here sitting in my office at Collage Church. And That's this, a lot. I mean, uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, a little bit about myself. Okay, so uh, like you said, I'm the intern here at Collide. Um, how I got here, well, I grew up in Mount Airy, born and raised in Mount Airy, okay? okay? But I live like six minutes from Dobson, so like technically like I live in Dobson. Um, so you've moved from no. where you were. Same spot. Same spot. In between the two, but... Right, but Your I'm like. address is Mount Airy. Yeah, my address is Mount. I'm 15 minutes from Mount Airy. I'm six minutes from Dobson, though. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so, born and raised there, and so I guess how I got here was funny enough. It was a God thing. Um, I took a CNA class at Surrey and okay. met Lee Long there. Kennedy okay. Long. Kennedy, yes. Yeah, and she invited me to a community group, and I ended up going to Brent's house. And the first person I sparked a conversation with was Michael. Yes. So cool. I was, I was like, okay, this is this is a solid group. Like, these, yeah, it's something I've been praying about. Like, trying yeah. to find a group um, of people that just love Jesus and want to live their life for Him. And so I found that uh, in Brent's community group, and eventually got plugged in, and just um, the rest is history. You know, climbed up the ladder, and now I'm here at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Started from the bottom, now you're here. <laughs> right. You um, know, history is also his story. Did you know that? Do what? History is his story. Yeah, it is Jesus' story for sure. Right. From Genesis 1 all the way to Revelations 21. There we go. Yes, this guy's listening to the message. That's <laughs> awesome. That's right. So, uh, Evan, we're glad to have you. Um, just for clarity, with with uh, Kennedy, was that Surrey Dobson or Surrey Yakin that you were taking classes at? Surrey Dobson. Okay, Spanish church. So she was going up there. Yeah. She was and coming to my territory. Your territory. Your yeah, neck of the woods. We collided. You collided. Wow. <laughs> and it made an impact. Yeah, it did. So there you go. Yeah. What we're going for. That's awesome. All right. So we'll, we'll jump in. Uh, the deep three. So we like to talk. Uh, I like to talk about. I like to have people talk to me about, with me about, sports and culture and faith. So yeah. the, the, I'll do the standard deep three questions, if you will, and then we'll get into mo- some other things after that. So... Uh, first question is uh, favorite sports memory. Now I, I know that you're just like the biggest sports person I've ever had on this podcast, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, probably massive sports guy. Absolutely. So I've been really waiting to hear what you would say. Uh, I, I can I tell the story about the blue team? Yes. So uh, Evan went. This is a basketball game, right? Yeah. To uh, to what he called the go see the the light blue team, or mm-hmm. you say the blue team. Yeah, I was telling Brent, I was like, hey, I'm going to this basketball game. Like, it's apparently it's a big deal. And he goes, who's playing? Yeah. I go, um, some, like, light blue team. Right. And yeah. I think they were playing NC State, too, right? Yes. So, UNC versus NC State. So, you went to go see the light blue team. Versus the red versus team. Versus the red team. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that's a little bit of preface about me asking you a sports question. So, but what would be your favorite sports memory? Was it was it then? Or was it something you've played? You've been picking up uh, pickleball here lately. Something you watched on TV. What, what would it be? Um, I would say going to watch the light blue team. That was like 
the first like college basketball game I've ever actually watched, and I, I enjoyed that um, because I, I didn't grow up watching sports or anything like that. Um, probably my favorite. Okay, this isn't really sports related, but it happened at a sports game I was at. That's fair. So I recently that. went to a wake game. Okay. Um, with Football. Some, yes. Okay. With some people undisclosed. Okay. Some friends. And we were at the game, and, like, I, I don't ever go to sports games. This is new to me, and I'm really enjoying it so far. So you but, like the gold, the black and gold team? Yes, I do. I do. I okay. don't know if I'm going to p- start pulling for them or Carolina, which I can pull for both because they're in different di- conferences, yeah? Right? No. They're in different conferences? No. They're not? No. Dang it. Okay. For so now, got, they're both in the ACC. That could change. Okay, for now so I need to pick ACC. one and pull. Yes. I, I probably will pull for Wake. For football and then Carolina for basketball because I enjoyed I enjoyed that game really okay. a lot I, I enjoyed both their games. Hey, I'll say if you're getting in sports, I'll let all these little things slide. Okay, just cheer for somebody. All right. Oh yeah, right. Um, but I was at this game and I guess it's just funny because not being in the culture, we went and got in line for um for some food and. I guess I was just naive to like what was going on because I also don't hang out with adults either and I was at the game with adults uh-huh. so I was like man I was, I was like grabbing me a water I was like you guys aren't going to drink a water and they both looked at me like funny and then like I realized oh they're drinking beer like oh my bad my bad yeah that's what we do at sports games we drink beer at sports games so I think that was probably like trying to like assimilate into the culture and recognize like mm-hmm. oh people don't drink water right they should. They, they should always be hydrating. Uh, yeah, you get I get water right now. You're hydrating for the podcast. Yeah, for right? sure, for sure. I mean, water's good. Yeah, water's good. Yeah. But in that moment, it's like, oh, I'm learning. I'm learning, learning culture. The culture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. But you don't always have to fit in. True. Right. True. I wasn't getting a beer water. just because they were getting beer. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. So, so you're learning some things about sports, about the yeah. light blue team and the racing. You learned today that Wake Forest and North Carolina. Or in the same conference. Yes. ACC. It's Atlantic Coast, Coast Conference. App's App, not. Correct. That's App what I was thinking. Not. There, now you go. Yeah. So, look, I'm teaching you right now. You're going to be a huge sports fan before. Who's before your go to teams with basketball and football? Oh, UNC. Look at that. Got my. For football? Everything. 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 Okay. Soccer, Let's go. football, Black track and field, like blue team. I just realized that you went there. Yes, there I you know. go. This man is learning so that much today. That means you're today. smart. You're pretty smart. Uh, I was at one point, yeah. So At one point, yeah, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> we're learning all kinds of stuff. All right, so good sports memory at the game, recently with the weight game. Uh, so we'll transition to culture. I think you, you're going to be more locked in on this one. So what's something you can't get enough of? Could be uh, restaurants. Uh, you just, before filming this, recording this, you had Boondoggies for the first time. First time. Could it be a restaurant? Is it a TV show? Is it somewhere you like to go? What's something you can't get enough of right now? Okay, I'm going to answer this a little bit different than what you probably expected. Okay. Even though I did enjoy the Boondoggies. Probably the best food truck so far I've tried around here. Nice. Yes. It beats Dudley's and what's that other one? We had another one recently, but I definitely like the Boondoggies. But something I can't get enough of is probably just like Learning, I just like learning. Okay, learning different cultures. Anything, anything. Right. I just like being thrown into an environment and just like, like learning how everything works. Soaking it in like a sponge. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I could probably do that a lot. Is there something that recently you found yourself learning more about? Give me an. Is there an example or two from from, from recent um, times? Probably. I'm just learning a lot about photography right now and that's okay. a whole culture in itself like yeah just like how it works like how just like just the different 
things you can do with it. I don't know, just media in general. Okay. Two. I enjoy right. that so far. So audio, video, that type yes, of thing. Yes, exactly. Camera equipment. Yeah, big time. You know, how the lighting affects your shot, yes. all that kind of stuff. Trevin's been telling me a lot. Okay. Yeah, okay. He's, he's been. But, um, but, yeah, I've been enjoying photography. Okay. That's good. I think uh, to have those memories for people is good. And actually using a camera, not your phone. Right? I'm talking about you using a camera. Yes, I bought a camera. Okay, there you go. For sure. All right, okay. Well, I'll, you can share with me some of that that good info you're picking up from, from using the camera here uh, as well. All right, so last one. Uh, we know uh, faith is an important thing to both of us. Um, we're here at the church. I know you've been growing a lot in your faith, so what's something that God is teaching you right now? Yeah, um, so recently I've been listening to this podcast um, and one of the, the ideas that is introduced to me is how for the Christian, the idea of hustle culture is more of a vice than a virtue. See, in our culture that we like see hustle is like, oh, that's what you want. Like you got hustle, you, you, assume, like, you uh, attribute that to your personality. Like, oh, he's a hustler. That's a good thing. But so, okay, hold on. For, for us, they're a little bit older yeah. than you. Hustle, you mean in like working hard, like, like a go getter attitude. Go getter, okay. A go getter, yes. Yeah. Um, so say that. What you say again? Hustle is a is a vice, vice. not a virtue. So it's not it's necessarily a good thing for the Christian. Okay. Correct. Can you can you expand on that a little bit? Um, mainly, it just um it has a lot of a net negative effects for a Christian. See, I'm learning this right now. Uh-huh. So I don't know the full, I don't have a full grasp on how hustle is a vice, but when we, we compare, um, Jesus's life to the hustle culture of America today, uh-huh. it doesn't line up because a lot of the times, like if Jesus had the hustle mentality, he couldn't be doing the ministry work that he would be doing. Okay. Um, see a lot of, um, of that hustle mentality steals our ability to be present in the moment mm. and to actually get rest like yes. not only just physical rest but like spiritual and emotional rest too okay. so when moments are presented to us from God God given moments when we have this hustle mentality this go get them mentality and we're too busy then we oftentimes pass up things that mm. we otherwise shouldn't Right. Whether that be someone just sitting there and we should just have a conversation with them or there's a need that comes up that we could help but we can't because we're too caught up in our own um, desire to go get them. Our own hustle. kingdom, you might say. Yeah, that's good. I think that's a good way of okay. putting it. So so this idea is recently, this perspective has been recently introduced to me and I'm seeing it in my own walk. Okay. Um, see, I'm going to school and I'm working here at Collide and I'm also have another job. And so this like, this go get a mentality has, I've adopted mm-hmm. and it's caused a lot of strain and like restlessness. Yeah. Um, because when you're constantly running, like you just like, you, you never give yourself time to just like relax and rest though. I can like give myself three hours of scroll on social media. That doesn't give me the rest that I, that I need, that no, I, I no, desire. No. So I also like pass up on a lot of opportunities, whether that be like going and getting lunch with people that I should just connect with. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I don't because I'm just too quote unquote busy, um, and that, I don't think that's healthy for us. It's right. not healthy for me. That's why I'm recognizing okay. in my own walk. 
So being able to um, leave some space in our in our calendars, on our calendars, and setting aside time to rest. I'm with you with uh, that 100%, and my wife has to remind me a good bit, like, it's all right to not be doing anything and just taking a break um, and maybe not yeah. even scrolling. Like, literally being okay with being still yeah. and being at ease. And I think... I know you're not saying this, like, setting goals, important, even having a to-do list, important, but we've got to leave room. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, the hustle mentality is a vice, but, hard, like, a hard-working mentality is not. Okay. There's definitely a difference between the two. You said okay. forsake hard work, um, but, yeah, that's, that's what I'm recently learning, but I also will say, one of the books I've been reading, it talks about rest and busyness, and it says, mm-hmm. like... The answer isn't creating margin, because um, he said we can often create margin, but often that won't be the solution to the issue of the hustle mentality, busyness. I've heard that prioritization is the solution. Okay. Prioritizing what is important in your life will help you um, not make more time, but spend your time on what's important. That makes sense. We really can't make more time because we've all got the same amount. Correct. So, okay, I like that. Priorities are key, uh, even more so over margin. All right, good stuff. So work hard, but prioritize as you should. Faith at the top, obviously. Time for other people. When it'd yeah. be easier to give, go get hours or whatever, having time for other people. So, yeah. Good stuff, definitely good stuff. In, in a culture that is pale to the metal, get what's yours type stuff. So love that, love that. Okay, so transition now. Newer segment, overrated and underrated. So three things I'm going to ask you if they're overrated or, or underrated. I'm trying to come up with these, kind of match them together. So Baptist pastor, I got three C's right here yeah, for you, right? That. So um, then we'll kind of come back around, uh, and we'll act like you didn't look at my notes before we started. That's okay. <laughs> so uh, first one is cinnamon. You think cinnamon is overrated or underrated? I think it's... I think it's like found a really good balance. I don't think it's under or over. It's right there. I think there it's in respected as respected. it should be. Respected. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so how how are you seeing that that we are giving cinnamon the proper amount of respect? Um, because like it stays in its own lane. Okay. Like you'll see like things that are overrated try to like jump categories like pumpkin spice like everything. Mm. I think pumpkin spice is definitely overrated, and that's like it gives you a good example like. Oh, it's jumping categories. Oh, it should stick with coffee, or it should stick with just desserts. Like no, it's trying it's, to jump. It's everywhere. Trying yeah. to be everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And so I think, but cinnamon, you don't. They don't try to make everything cinnamon. Like you got cinnamon toast crunch. But yeah. It's just staying. It's good at what it does, and it's staying in its lane. Okay. So I think it's it's respected. It's, it's good. respected. So okay, right in the middle. It's it's just right where it should be. Okay, we'll come back to that in a little bit. Next, and and you get there kind of in the in on this one, chai. So I was excited when I seen this on the list. Okay. Because it's definitely underrated. I'm with you 100%. Because, okay, I didn't have chai until this summer. Okay. And guess where I had it at? Uh, India. Boom. Okay. Oh my gosh. Indian chai yeah. is so stinking good. I got it off the street. Like, okay. Because it's safe to, because they, they're boiling the water. It's safe right. to drink. So this yeah. is one of the few things you can actually get off the street. And dude, it's so good. It's like, I don't know. I really, it's just underrated. 
Did you so like with the chai chai tea? Did you have anything in it? Is it just? Um, they definitely put like some probably some milk in it. Yeah, okay. the the chai had they added some milk. All right. But it was so cool because it was so authentic. The chai was good itself, and this just added to it. But they gave it to me in a clay cup. Oh, nice! Is that not cool? That's very cool. Very cool. I love chai, uh, and we'll come back to that. But I, I'm agreeing with you, hundred percent underrated for sure. Um, and the last one curry a little I, more spicy right the yeah. last of our uh seas, spices it depends on, okay because there's different kinds of curry like there's yellow red curry like there's just different kinds okay so you can get non-spicy curry all right so let's say curry as a whole overrated or underrated um or is i think it it's very definitely specific i think it's i think it's slept on it's definitely underrated okay so for the people that do like spice, I think they just don't know about it. Um, it's very similar to mole. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think there's enough opportunity to try curry around here. Like, where can you get it? I think maybe one place in Winston? There's an Indian place in Winston. Yeah, there's not. Yeah. It's not widely, like, accessible. Okay. Yeah. So, we Underrated. just need to experience it more. Yeah, maybe we should start a food truck. Curry. Okay. We we have we could do some kind of sports play on it because that's a curry Steph, Steph Curry, who shoots the deep three. <laughs> well, Just well, saying, the deep three food truck. That's yeah. Could record podcasts while we're, while we're on the food truck. And we start serving all the underrated foods. We're definitely having chai and chai curry. and curry. Okay, that's a ma- that's a match. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. So let, we'll back around to these these three and kind of why I ask you these questions. Um, I've come up with a couple. It's like, okay, third one's got to be a spice. It's got to start with C uh, type thing. So, um, cinnamon, kind of in some hot candies a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I was just thinking more like red hots. Yeah. Uh, so, do you like spicy candy, like like a red hot? Is that, or no? Um, No, I only stick with Fireballs, any kind no, of thing. No, I don't know. So, like okay, I, I'm, I'm with you. Let's, let's use a little too much. Um, but it's this weird thing. I feel like if you start eating those, like the the curious to eat more, like you think that that'll help, and it does Who told not. You that? I, I, nobody, <laughs> but I feel like it's the thing that people do. I do, and you drink water when you got something hot in your mouth. That's bad yeah, news. That's bad. It's bad news. Um, but also, uh, you do have red hair, <laughs> so that's Correct. a wild tie-in. Yeah. So you know, red hair. People kind of say typically, stereotypically, red hair. You got a little bit of a fiery personality. Do you find that to be true of yourself? Do you are you a you stereotypical redhead? Can you describe like what do you mean by a fiery personality? Like uh, maybe a little bit of a temper. When you get mad, your face gets red. Kind of matches your hair. Uh, do you feel that's at all true for yourself, or is that just a really poor stereotype that people have, have made about? Redheads? I don't know. I've had a very interesting relationship with anger. Like there's definitely been times in my life like where I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely like the typical redhead. Right. But like. When I'm feeling like any kind of emotion that I'm processing, my cheeks definitely get red. Hmm. And I, I genuinely, I was talking to my anatomy instructor about this. Uh-huh. There is a genetic, like some kind of genetic relationship with people with red hair. And I think they call it rosacea, just yeah. the reddening of the cheeks. There's something huh. there because it happens with every redhead I know. Right. Yeah. So there is something there. Yeah. So every time I feel any kind of deep emotion, like very like visceral emotion, um, like especially like being embarrassed in school, mm. I'd get super red. 
Right. And I could feel it, and it would make me even more red because it would be because I I would know subconsciously like people see this. But that red in your face was was kind of tied to emotion, but not about you getting angry necessarily. Yeah, it can be any emotion. It's any just any emotion. deep like really like visceral emotion, even anger, embarrassment, like not really yeah. positive. I've noticed. But emotions. there is a tie-in you said between the red hair and the red. Yes, face. there's something there. I don't know if there's been any studies on it, but legit every redhead I know, like I met a good amount. Sure. And they all have like, I've always been around them and they've been embarrassed at some point and I've seen the red cheeks before. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Do you know any of your like background as far as uh, heritage? Um, um, so on my dad's side, um, my last name, my last name is McMillan, uh, spelled McMillan. But that it has a Scottish heritage, and then on my mom's side, it's like a, there's an Irish heritage, hence the where the red hair okay. came from. Red hair from mom's side. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Just interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I, I haven't seen you be that really fiery type of thing with a redhead uh, stereotype, but that is right. interesting that there is something kind of um, genetic, biological in it. So. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious about that one. All right. So, next one uh, we talked about cha, uh, but then. Interestingly, before that, when I was a chai, you also got into pumpkin. So you're a chai fan, but not a pumpkin fan. Um, I'm not crazy about pumpkin, but okay. like I can enjoy like a like some kind of pumpkin drink from Starbucks. Okay, like I can enjoy it, but I'm not like, oh my gosh, pumpkin spice is back. You know? Right, you're not that that guy. Yeah. But they do also now have a pumpkin chai drink. Really, which. Is amazing, yes. Okay. So I would say try that, but you're not going head over heels about pumpkin. No. Chai, you. Are. It seems like you are a it good is. chai. Well, I've only ever had chai in India, so, so I don't know. If you might be a chai snob at this point. Maybe. I might <laughs> go to Starbucks and go. What is this? Yeah. Uh, I'll say you know we're down the, down the street. We represent milk and honey. They got a good chai, so a little okay. different. So give them a shot on that one too. Um, but that's all kind of tying into. It feels pretty good outside today. Yeah. Maybe we're getting to the fall season. I hope. You fan of fall or you want to stay hot and need summer? I enjoy almost all the seasons. I just like okay. change. I like change. Okay. I get bored easily. Gotcha. I'm, re- I'm ready for pants. Ready for pants? Yeah. Okay. So Switch you're ready for fall. But yeah. you're not You're not saying like fall is your favorite time of the year. You're pretty. You like them all because you like it when it switches up. Yeah. I don't really have a, a favorite that stands out. Okay. Alright, so try the pumpkin chai drink. Okay. Okay. And yeah, let's wear some wear some pants. I've been wearing hoodies here lately and everyone's like, Why are you wearing a hoodie today? I'm like Already. I just wish it'd be colder. Yeah. I like hoodies. It's and, manifest it. Uh, um yeah. Speaking into existence. So that's how it works, right? No. No, it's not no. <laughs> definitely not. But I'm sure I've been trying. I've been trying. All right. Last one, curry. So uh, you talked about with chai actually having it in India. That's why I was yeah. bringing curry in because I know you went to to uh, India. So um Let's try to think. We'll talk about the uh, mission trip aspect about it here, here in a minute. But like, just culturally, food, uh, the whole experience of, of being in a different place. Um, I mean, did you have other food outside of curry? Anything else that stood out as far as being in in the country? yeah? Um, gosh, we just so the the place that we stayed at was basically like a hotel. So every morning they would have like a full like array of Indian food to like have every morning mm. and so we wake up and um 
they had like cereals for like the Americans, like very bland food, but also like they had like genuine traditional Indian food. Now I don't remember any, like any of the names, but there was a lot of soups. Okay. There, there's no such thing as like raw cooked vegetables there. Like they're cooked into things, but they're never alone okay. as sides. Right. So that's one thing I really missed while in India was vegetables. Okay. Um, just like them alone. Um, but a lot of the soups were really good. Um, one of the things like you'll find out about India is almost all their dishes they cook nuts into. Hmm. So we had a guy that was allergic to nuts. Oh no. So that was very difficult for him yeah. navigating like what can he eat and what he, can he not eat. Right. Um, but almost no joke, almost everything was spicy. Hmm. Almost everything. Every soup you were eating, every main dish you were eating, it has some, even the pizza. The pizza is like a normal pepperoni pizza was spicy. Okay. Yeah, no, it was, so if you don't like spicy food, which we had a couple of people there mm-hmm. not liking spicy, like, they had a miserable time because they couldn't yeah. find much to eat. Right. Yeah. What about the naan, the bread? I didn't try, wait, isn't the naan where you grab it? You can, I think you can, like, take take a piece of the naan and then kind of. Yeah, I don't think, I've tried different breads. I don't know if I tried naan, though. Okay. Because out of all of the dishes, no one actually, like, just said, like, oh, this is naan. Right. But they had, like, the um, Chinese food was very big over there. So, like, there's a lot of Indo-Chinese places. Okay. Yeah, it was very interesting. Gotcha. We, a few years back, went to Canada and actually went to an Indian restaurant there. Um, and she they had it. non Loved it. Yeah. We, a guy that lived there just got us a bunch of different That's uh, cool. plates to try and share. And we did dip the bread, and I thought the bread was just fantastic. So, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe we should hit up the uh, Indian place on Winston sometime. Okay. Be good. Okay, so uh, those are the three things. So kind of want to transition, talk a little bit about India. Um, so you had the opportunity uh, this past summer to take take a few trips. You've been on some other ones. So um, maybe if you'd share about your experience this past summer, Acts 1-8. Yeah. Okay, and, and kind of what that was, and, and then just kind of talk about some trips you, you, you've been on and um, – get into ones you've enjoyed the most and things of that nature so sure yeah i'll kind of go in order so i went on four mission trips this summer so the first one was to charleston south carolina the next one was to india then after that was honduras and then finally we went to vermont um so the first two that i named off we was through acts 1a project which was with two cities and it was about a seven week long program where four of the weeks we were being trained up and then three of the weeks we were going out on mission so we spent one week in Charleston, South Carolina, and then two weeks in India. And surrounding those weeks was like a bunch of training to prepare us. Going into it, I expected a lot of uh, evangelism training, as you would expect, like doing a mission program. Mm-hmm. But uh, funny enough, like we had a good amount of sessions on evangelism. But out of all, like, gosh, there's probably 20 sessions, 22, some, I don't know, somewhere around there. Probably like five of them were on evangelism. Okay. which isn't a lot which uh, compared to my expectations of the program. Um, so it was a very holistic approach. It was like teaching on leadership and like um, even they like taught on like what their process looks like for hiring someone to their staff team mm. and they were like what they look like, what they look for in leadership, giving us an idea of what we should strive for. Um, uh, mental health and stuff like that, um, evangelism of course, um, like just caring for people just a, a, a wide variety of sessions and uh, going into the India trip I was like what like I feel like we should probably get more training but like 
now that I'm on the other side, I was like, man, like that was such a smart move on their part just mm-hmm. to do a holistic approach. But in Charleston, we partnered up with a church called Harvest City, and we really we served them by helping uh, do some labor in their church by re, uh, redoing a room in there. And we also served on their um, during their service, and we also did a lot of um, evangelism for the first time in that program, um, like handing out invitations and just trying to spark up conversations. What's which was like very hard. Mm. I don't know. You just like, you learn like, oh, like, dang, this is, you got to put some thought into this. Like, sure. And um, it was good though. It was a good first experience. Was this just like, I mean, it's like on a, in an area of the city trying to just so, talk to people who are going about their lives? Yeah. Or? Well, I, I, one of the things you got to put some thought in is you don't want to be a, weir- a weirdo. <laughs> like, you yeah. don't want to, you want to be human to sure, another human. Sure. And so we, uh, well, first up, we went canvassing in a neighborhood. Right. So the event was catered towards kids. So we went to a neighborhood where kids were found and we started just like leaving um, invitations on people's doorsteps because knocking was not a part of that culture there right, in South right, Carolina. So right. we're like, okay, let's, let's, let's reach people. Let's be the Jew to the Jew and Gentiles to the Gentiles. So sure. the South Carolinians to the whatever they're called. <laughs> <laughs> South Carolinians. I think yeah, that's, that's probably true. Um, but yeah, so, and then we went to the beach, but we, that was a trial by fire because we're like, oh, at, at the very end of it, we're like, oh, that didn't work because mm-hmm. we went to the beach to hand out invitations and we went to the beach on Memorial Day. Oh, wow. And so everyone we walked up to was not a local, so they weren't going to be around for this event. They were on we were vacation. At. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would just guess probably most people at the beach are like, leave me alone. I'm, I'm Right, on the beach. for sure. Yeah. Um, it we ended up going to the volleyball courts and playing a little bit. That was a nice environment to try to interact with people. Right, because there was an expectation you were going to interact with strangers there. Because you're playing volleyball, you yeah, talk to each other. Exactly, yeah. just like you going up to basketball and right. evangelizing there. That's right. So okay. Um. All right. So then, then you went to India. Yes. For a couple um, of weeks. Yeah, so in India, this trip really threw me off because I didn't expect it to be structured the way it was. Got there, um, I was blessed by not experiencing any jet lag, but how I did that was I slept on the planes, and we got there, and um, I slept slept a little bit on the planes, but when we finally landed in India, got to our room, it was about 6 o'clock in the morning, and Mm -hmm. instead of going to sleep like everybody else for a couple hours, and they were going to pick us up at 11, I decided just to stay up. Yeah. So smart. And while everybody for the rest of the two weeks were waking up at three o'clock in the morning, I was like sleeping like a baby. I was like, mm-hmm. "What is jet lag?" Because I've yet to experience it. Mm-hmm. I'm blessed. Praise God. <laughs> um, Good for you. <laughs> so first three days we were trained up uh, by Jamin, um, which were just short term two year missionaries for the uh, IMB uh-huh. on how like to interact with um, Hindus and Muslims, and then no joke. On day three, we were sent out to do a scavenger hunt, and they paired us up. So it was me and one other girl, and we were we were sent out into India by ourselves in this town in this city called Mumbai, and we were supposed to go and travel around just us two. And so it was like they they like okay here's the ropes, and then they pushed us into the See you later. Yeah, and so like we're hailing rickshaws, which are like taxis. Oh yeah, and we're just traveling from like location to location, like. Take a picture here. Go order chai, which there was you how go. I tried chai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like, just a lot of different tasks, and like, we just got to experience like, what does it feel like to go get around in India and like be a part of yeah. this city? It was such a raw experience, and like, I, it was intimidating. Sure. Like, imagine being dumped in 
to the city and go, okay. It's like the uh, Amazing Race type thing. You just yeah. Did. So did, th- did that experience that day help you for the rest of your trip? Um, yes, because it was so terrifying, but then, like, it gave you the confidence, like, oh, this is doable. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, like, the fear never, like, went away completely. Right, right. So... So what did you guys do for the rest of your time as far as, I guess, did you do some more evangelism or yeah. so programs or what? After the three days were up, that was the last time we really interacted training-wise with any more missionaries. So our team basically started going out and planning where we were going and like just doing cold turkey, Paul-style evangelism, going up to someone, sparking a conversation, and just trying to lead it into a gospel-centered conversation. So we did that. Um, we were just going to a lot of d- different places that we could um, provoke a lot of interactions like malls and like fast food restaurants and just environments like that. Did, did the people speak English? Yeah. Um, so the people group we were targeting were called young professionals, which are okay. people that are either just out of college or starting a career or they're in college. And so with that, that group in mind, they're almost all going to speak English. But... Gotcha. The only caveat is you have to have an Indian dialect because uh-huh. because they couldn't understand how we are speaking English right now because with our dialect. Sure. So by the end of the two weeks, our whole entire team had an a English-Indian dialect. So did you have anybody from India going with you? Or? Nope. No. So we were trained up you and then boom, we were, yeah. That would be more scary for me than getting down in the city would be like having trying to have a conversation and trying to figure out the... The dialect that you didn't have, that's very, very interesting. Yeah, it was like a it was like a sink or swim kind of moment. Yeah. It was great. I loved it, but it was terrifying it. in the moment. The same, at the same time, terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so then, Honduras? Yeah. Next so, one? So we went with Honduras with Collide um, at the end of July, and uh, our main goal there was to minister to two schools. Um, and we were just doing a VBS for a week long at those schools, just presenting Bible stories, have, having wreck time, just building relationships with these kids and just presenting who Jesus is to them, but also living out in front of them. Um, there was a language barrier with this trip. They all spoke Spanish and only two of us that came on this trip spoke Spanish, Gordo and Sarah. Shout out to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were a lot of help, but, um, but we are also partnered up with like two local believers that spoke Spanish, um, and so they were help, helping translate the Bible story and helping with the wreck, and it was it was great. Um, so the final day, we got to present the gospel and present it in a way that it was like an invitation style. Um, but you know, you always get scared, like oh, like we got three people saved and then you leave, right? And that's not right. fulfilling what Jesus commands. Like yeah. go therefore and make disciples, teaching no, them all that I've commanded you. Yeah. Right, so it's, yeah, if we're not out to go get some professions of faith. Right. We're, we're out to make disciples. And so um, the way the uh, local believer, like, really presented the gospel was, like, he would present it, and then people would respond, and then he would take them aside and really just dig deep on, like, nice. okay, what do you mean by this? Like, yeah, help me understand that you understand the gospel. And then we took a list of all those kids that professed faith and, and truly, like, really was able to articulate it. Yeah. And... That list was given to a couple, which we never met, that are currently now ministering to those two schools that have the list of names who profess faith. So there is someone there. Discipling them. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Then Vermont. 
Yep. Last one, and then we'll kind of go back, and I, I got you some mission trip type of questions for you, but uh, what, what was going on in Vermont? Yeah. Um, Vermont was a different style trip, mission trip for me, um, particularly. So we sent a team of over, like, probably like 25. When we got there, we split the team up into three groups. Well, we already predetermined who was in which group. Right. And one group uh, was flood relief, since all the natural disasters recently happened in Vermont. Yeah, like just a little bit before... We went up there because we definitely, had a couple of interns up there. Yeah, while the while the flooding was going on. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like people were like basements were flooded, cars were ruined, first stories were just like ruined in houses. So just a lot of recovery needed to happen uh, in the area in which we were going. Like Barrie, Washington, all these places. Like those are our like stomping grounds when it comes to like where are we doing mission work in the past. Mm-hmm. So it was really like a, just a God aligned things like. We, he, he sent both those two interns there, and yeah. also he was he was preparing a team to send them to. Lee Long being one. Yeah, Lee Long. And Kayla. Absolutely, so yeah. Lee Long got you here with an invite. Yeah, and she's also right along doing some mission work yeah. at the same time I'm doing it. And it's Kayla great. Shore, shout out to both of them as well. Yeah, super dope. Um, but so we, um, we had three teams, one doing flood relief. Um, so like cleaning out basements, cleaning out yards, just helping people with the SBC. And um, we had another team serving the pastor in his home, and I'll get more into that. And then the last team was doing a VBS at a local church that we were originally planning the VBS. So before the whole the natural disasters, that right. was the focus of the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was on the serving the pastor team. And normally you go and, like, if someone asks, like, oh, what did you do on this mission trip? Like, they would expect to hear something exciting. But the truth was, like, all I did was lay down a new floor and serve this pastor. And, like, on the surface, it's like, that ain't big talk. Like, oh, yeah, like, look at me kind of, like, it's right. not a flex. It's not a flex. Yeah. But I'm not even joking. I enjoy, thoroughly enjoyed every day of that trip because, like, yes, we want to reach people, but also we can't, not, we can't neglect um, the commandment that's either in John 13 or 14 where Jesus gives a new commandment to his disciples and says, I'm going to give you a new commandment, like, love each other as I have loved you and so a lot of people think like yeah I love everybody like Jesus but no Jesus especially wanted us to love our brothers and sisters in particular and um, so that's what I was able to fulfill on this trip was I was able to love our brother in Christ this pastor as Jesus loved him serving him for like spending a whole entire week of my summer just to come and serve him and that was that was so encouraging and just spending time with all the guys I got to was a really refreshing enjoy to a um, a busy summer because I got to spend a lot of time like just hanging out with Houston Stillman, Levi Thompson, Shannon Stillman. It was great. I loved yeah. it. I was just looking up the verse, uh, John 13, Sweet. 34 and 35, new commandment I give to you that you love one another even as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one another yeah so that's awesome and being a pastor and you know having fairly recently you know just feeling burnt out and needing a break like i know that what you guys did for that that family will mean a lot to them so like you said it's not like something luxurious or um like you said you weren't, weren't flexing yeah you might say but yeah. um huge thing just to go up and, and to serve other people and to encourage them because they're the ones who are there full-time uh you know in that community so yeah uh for sure so um 
All right. Are those have you done any trips outside of the ones you did this summer, or that was that your first step into uh, missionary trips, mission trips? Yeah. So those were my first like international trips, mm-hmm. but the summer before, I was a part of the Vermont team. Both trips where we initially went to, we broke up the three teams, and then we came back and did VBS. So I have been in Vermont in the summer prior. Gotcha, gotcha. So um, what have you seen, uh, and maybe you guys talked about this with either with um, Acts 1-8 or um, hopefully with some, some of the collide trips, um, the good and bad in, in trips, I think if we're not careful, we can just go in, like you said earlier, uh, make converts, have people pray a prayer, and then see ya, we're gone. Uh, as opposed to what I think is good and what we want to try to try to do here is partnerships. We're going back. Like you said, we went to Vermont last year. We went this year. Um, so I guess as you're getting your feet wet in, into missions, what have you seen as things that, that we as believers, as churches, as groups that go, uh, can make sure that um, we don't labor in vain and that the, the good that we see, uh, the fruit maybe is long-lasting. Anything you, you've picked up on about that? I think one of the pitfalls that's easy to fall into is kind of what we discussed uh, in along to what Vermont wasn't is like you don't want to go on a trip because man this would be really like cool for me to tell someone I went and did this mm. see for me it's like easier like, yeah I went to India like let me tell you about my experience and like how much I like chai yeah um, it's easy just to add it to your kingdom mm. um, and just like build up yourself in that kind of work so Asking your uh, like asking yourself the question, why am I going? Mm. Is very very important because uh, it's very easy to start seeking experiences mm. and not God. You're you're looking for God to serve you and not you to serve God. And so, what that would look like is you go to Vermont and you get put on a team to go s- do, lay down a floor for a pastor. Like that's not like that's not an experience. Like what right. is, what does this God do to offer me? And that's one of the pitfalls you can fall into is like oh now you're in the danger zone because you went to go serve yourself and not God right because yeah it, that seems very mundane uh, going and laying down a, a floor but I can't tell you how much encouragement I felt from it and how, how great it was to just build more relationships with the people I worked with and just how encouraging that was to that pastor like that was a flex for the kingdom not our own Ooh, and okay. so if we had this mindset like I'm there to go get an experience we'll look at the work he calls us to and go, like, what is it? And we'll, like, yeah. moan and groan while we do it. Right. And that's not what mission trips is about. We're here to serve God. And, and sometimes that doesn't look, it's not lavish. It's not right. something to write home about. And so I think that's definitely one of the pitfalls because, man, when you're out there and you don't have the right mindset, you're, like, it's easy to just start complaining. And you just, like, and then at that subject, you got to ask yourself, like, am I here for the right reasons? Like, why am I here? Am I here for me? Right. And so I think that's one of the pitfalls you can easily fall into. And also, like like what you were talking about, there is a lot of organizations, especially, like, in medical missionaries, um, like, well, they'll go out and they'll help people, but Christ's name is not lifted mm. or known among right. that ministry. Right. It, and so it's, like, one of the pitfalls you can fall into is, like, there can't there there isn't much of a difference between your organization and a human humanitarian organization, and if there is no difference, then like ha, 
that's not for the kingdom right. ultimately because you're just there to help people. But if you're not addressing their spiritual health, then to what benefit is that to them? It's good. Yeah. Gotta, gotta do that. Um, for sure. For sure. I'm trying to think. I had one, one more thought. What is it? What's another thought? Do you have any more thoughts? Anything else you could share from these trips? Um, just kind of help people as they're maybe considering uh, going on, on one or, uh, you know, maybe how a group or an individual should go about selecting where you, where you may go. Yeah. Um, I think this is just, this is just going to not be fun to hear, but that whole process, if God's not in it and you're not trusting him and he's not leading in it, it's not like, it's not going to be beneficial. Mm. Um, you need to be trusting him while you're support raising. You need to be trusting him while on the field and the beautiful part is, is he's still going to be faithful when you're not. Yeah. Like, I will tell you 110%. Like, there was times where I was out in India or I was on these trips and I, I was not faithful in my my thoughts. And, and in the way of, like, I mean by, like, trusting that God will work. Yeah. And he was still faithful through that. Mm. And, and, I, and that was all due to his kindness. But you just got to trust that he'll provide for you, that he will work through you. And um, I will say one of the things that really stuck out to me was when you're doing mission work, there's two measures of success, okay? It's not how many people profess faith in Christ. It's not all that you accomplished. It's preparedness and obedience. Mm. Are you prepared and were you obedient during your trip? And if you were, then that was a, like a successful mission awesome. trip. Love that. And I thought about what I was, the other thing I was going to say will kind of end here. Uh, other thing I, w- I would say to anybody listening thing about missions you've got to be flexible because either before you go and I heard some of the conversations that Brent was having with people in Honduras and then after you get there things change plans change you gotta be flexible yes. same thing was Vermont you guys have one thing in mind you know the natural disasters occur and yeah. then even in the in the day to day the moment to moment like what you plan is gonna change and if we're not careful and we're being selfish we're going to moan and groan and complain that you're not doing what you thought you were going to do. So, um, would you add anything to? Yeah. To that? So, dirt like right before we were going to India, one of the mantras that got drilled into our head, and we had to repeat it multiple times, was, "I am flexible and I will expect the unexpected." Nice. Because like, if you have if you put expectations on God, yeah, that's a no no. Like right. he's not he's not there to serve you, and so you'll ultimately be just disappointed because. You're trying to get God to serve you, and your expectations won't be fulfilled. Yeah, I think that's that's got to be so true of us, even in our day to day lives. Yes, not just on mission, but like, are we gonna? Are we so set on what we got to do on our kingdom, which I talked about earlier, or are we flexible to to move and shift and change based on the needs and the people God puts you know puts right in front of us? We got to be able to do that here in in Yakimville, Dobson. Wherever we are, India, right? We gotta be flexible. So, um, Evan, as we close, give us that. What's that mantra? One more time. Got drilled into your head. I think it's good to leave that one. All right, you ready? Yes. All right. I'm flexible, and I'll expect the unexpected. Okay, there you go. So, people listening, uh, be flexible and expect the unexpected wherever you may be. But thanks for joining today, and we'll catch you next time.